Welcome to Mama's Baked. We're Laura and Bridget, and we're your favorite cannabis advocates. We've been there, done that, and everybody asks us about it, so we decided to start Mama's Baked, and here we are talking about everything cannabis. The latest news, lifestyle, and wellness information with lots of fun baked in. Every Thursday, join us as we break down what's happening now and how you can infuse cannabis into your life, too. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, share us with your friends, and get our free tincture making course at potofwellness.com. Hey, Bridget. Hey, Laura. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I am good. I'm excited to get going on this podcast. Get the first one on the books. Yes. Looking forward to it. Ready. So shall we tell these people why we know anything about marijuana in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. Who are you? What do you know? Yeah. Yeah. A couple old ladies. Yeah. Right. Uh, Maybe they, some of them might try to say. Yes. And then there are those that know better. Exactly. So, well, I guess we should even talk about how we met. We met, gosh, it's been 14 years that we've known each other. Is that right? 2004? 2005. So, okay, five, yeah. 15 years. How many years is that? 2018, 13 years, 13 years. Long. 13 years, met through our social service employment. Yes. And then remain friends after that. For always. For always. And then we eventually connected. Was that I think yeah, we reconnected in the cannabis world a couple after oh, I was in a couple years. It was not till we reconnected that we realized and came out of the green closet together. <coughs> Pardon my cough. You came out of the green closet publicly when you joined the um, the first um, collective here in the state of Arizona. Yes, Compassion First. Yeah, and when you um, posted about it, the very first time I recall, you know, because we were friends on Facebook also and always kept in touch that way. Yeah. Um, But I saw that and I was like, oh. Look at that. Who knew that this lady I like so much and who we are, um, you know, you know, we just hit it off so well. Um, who knew that she also loves cannabis? Yes. That's the funniest part about coming out of the green closet, which we'll have to talk about on a future episode, but for sure, just the amount of people and connections. How many women will whisper in my ear? Oh, me too. Oh, Mm -hmm. me too. After you come out, but beforehand, you you feel like you're the only one. Yeah, beforehand, they're like, oh, look at you. You're forgetting stuff or your eyes are red, Bridget, or (laughs) they want to talk about. And then as soon as everybody leaves, they're like, so I have fibromyalgia and I've heard that it might be good for that. Is that true? (laughs) And I'm like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) It'll make your eyes red, though. It will make your eyes red, so are you really really willing to deal with that side effect? Because, you know, you need to be aware of the side effects, um, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, so a lot of people came out when I came out to me secretly, but I started 
probably a couple weeks after cannabis became legal in Arizona, I started scouring the internet and I think I was, um, it was an actually a employment ad. I'm not sure I was working at the time, but maybe I was just keeping an eye out on, on work related emails or was getting them because I had been on a previous job search, but one had popped up looking for people interested in getting involved. Um, and of course, everybody called it marijuana. Cannabis now is the more preferred or term pot. for me. Yeah. But this ad actually was like, if you're looking to get into the marijuana industry, contact us. Mm-hmm. And I sent him a nice email. Very, very professional. I was so excited. I probably reread it 15 times. And then I never heard from them. Never heard a peep from them. And I got really annoyed. And I wrote this smart ass sassy response as if it was from a different person (laughs) and um i heard from them immediately like hit send and got a phone call two hours later wow and um it was one of the lead guys getting the co-op up and running and um we probably talked on the phone for a couple hours that first day just about not just about what his plans were but that was part of it but just about like where they came from, what they were doing before, what we were doing. Um, and then we went to a couple of group meetings and they really didn't know what they were going to do yet. But we ended up actually involved with them taking growing classes and got our first plant maybe the January after it passed, I feel like. I can't. I can never remember if it's the year after. One day I'll have to figure that out. It was either the January after it passed or the year after the January. You know what I mean? Like it might have taken a year to get to the stage where we got the plants. I feel like it for did. sure. I feel it was. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel yeah. like it did take that long. This stuff took forever. The state was not trying to roll it out in a super oh, gosh. manner. And our uh, county attorney was still Fighting trying to stop it. Yeah. yeah, and we'd already passed. Arizona had already legalized twice or passed right. a, a legalization type program, and the legislature had already overturned it twice so it was a surprise that it actually made it this far and then we actually when we got the co-op up and running initially there was um oh maybe 25 of us 30 of us um we each had our own grow tent and we had our own um clones to get started lots of education and support and then we started signing up patients and my husband and I were both volunteers so that's kind of how I dipped my toe in and got my first little taste of the business and what it's like to drive into a parking lot that all you can smell is the overwhelming cannabis scent before you even get out of your car sometimes that was glorious not horrible not horrible at all i wonder you know like how those terpenes affect you during your work day just sitting there having that scent around you all day i mean personally for our book yeah right because personally they definitely increase my joy factor exponentially absolutely i used to come into the office six months later i'll jump ahead a little bit but i'll give you the short version for our listeners so they know what we know about six months into volunteer growing where we basically went every day and cared for our plants and my husband's a green thumb extraordinaire and so he was really the guide because i can kill a silk plant if i wanted to um i did all the you know 
whatever he told me, basically, as far as growing. I don't want to have any misconceptions that I'm some great grower because it was really all the husband. I trimmed and I could, you know, he'd tell me which plants to take which leaves off and what to water. and I could take care of him in between, but only with his guidance. <clears throat> but about six months in, they asked if I would quit my full-time job because up till then it had been purely volunteer. We got an ounce a week each in exchange, I think, for a volunteer. Something crazy like that was just, you were able to, yeah, it was within your allotment, I think, at the time. I forget how it all worked out, but that was fun. I used most of mine to learn how to bake anyway. Um, So they asked if I'd quit my job and help run the office side. They had lost some office people, and so I was working in social service um, inspecting group homes for the developmentally disabled and writing behavior treatment plans. <laughs> so growing, remember quitting that day and going in and we'll have to do a whole show about quitting your job to go into the pot field, but right, uh, going in and telling them, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to give you notice. I'm going to go grow marijuana. <laughs> and he just smiled and said, good for you. Nice. So I worked for them for another six months until the um, dispensary started popping up and opening. And then uh, opened a kitchen the following year after dispensaries. We left, I think it was December, we left the um, co-op. I think the co-op closed in January. And the first dispensary in Arizona opened in Glendale. Which is, I think, your husband's, one of your husband's favorites. Yeah, well, you know, until they lost the all list. the points and they never returned them, and he's so, uh, no. well, we will am actually, name, but yeah, um, yeah, I, I'm actually gonna go uh, petition the Glendale City Council on their behalf tomorrow because uh, because they were one of the first uh, dispensaries open, and in the city of Glendale, and in a state like Arizona that likes to set up laws where every city basically just could create their own set of laws within those laws uh you know this poor dispensary has been stuck in like a tiny little maybe it's 2,000 square foot storefront in Glendale with hours they can only be open from like 10 a.m to 6 p.m every day and they are serving 80,000 patients from that space so yeah yeah, they're still yeah they used to but we're still fighting the fight too (laughs) yeah they used to carry one of my edible lines so I've been in there a bunch of times yeah, I went in there right away when they opened too. Yeah. And then you joined the cannabis industry about the time I started my second edible line. I started the first edible line. Um, and we couldn't keep stuff on the shelf. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we were blown. We couldn't keep up. It was me and another um, a pastry chef. I'd never claimed to be a pastry chef. She did go to school for it. But I had the cannabis knowledge and had actually baked with cannabis and knew how to dose and all that. So between the two of us, and she knew she wasn't necessarily, and then nothing against her. It wasn't her strongest suit was not creativity, although she was very creative. Like when the two of us would come up with stuff, it was great. But what a really strong suit was, more so than creativity, was systems. She was really good at she taught me a, a lot about how a kitchen works and uh, how to produce large quantities because she came from a casino. 
and they had to, you know, whip out big trays of buffet dessert all the time. So between the two of us, it was a great match. And when it was time to leave, I actually ended up walking out of that kitchen. Um, it was emotionally abusive. I thought when we were starting talking, maybe I'd protect all these people, but I'm not going to call them by name. So I'm going to be honest about their behavior. Because that's yeah. reality in the industry. Yeah, um, and this show isn't about uh, a gossip show per se. Right. But it is also about being very real, very truthful, very honest about you know what the what the real stories are. So, like, yeah. we're not here to throw out stories like, hey, you know, cannabis cures everything, or hey, working in the cannabis industry is all sparkles and giggles and just Glamour. talking weed all day, you know. Uh, no, it's a real industry. It's a real business as real people running it. And when you want to get real, you have to understand that, you know, greed brings a lot of people to the table that are not necessarily super nice, you know, or interested in, in the cannabis for its, right. its benefit other than it cash in their pocket. Yeah. So, so yeah, my for people to learn how to protect themselves. That's something we'll talk about. I think good. Are you, you writing all this <laughs> down? Bridget's the uh, organized person in the in the group. We'll uh, you know, organized uh, or just I'm uh, really good at taking mental notes. You know, mental note that topic definitely <laughs> will come up: how to protect yourself and still also work in the cannabis industry because there's ways. I mean, it's obviously going to come up because we've done it. You know, we that's right. Our, that's our and journey. We've seen that's it. What we did. We yep. learned our lesson, and uh, yep. you know, we're our main purpose here, right, is to kind of help share these lessons with other people who. Uh, maybe don't have the opportunity to have these things firsthand, this knowledge, and or uh, they're just looking for reliable resources for information that, you know, again, we're not here for gossip, but we are here for truth, so. Yeah, and I think there's, you know, we were an early adopter of the medical marijuana program, and there's so many states right now coming on board, trying to figure out rules, trying to, people trying to figure out how to get involved, um, how yeah, to participate. I do like a rule. People uh, uh, find that very funny because I am such okay. a laid back, not right. not by the book kind of gal, except Make when it sense. comes to my work. Yeah, and uh, I'm very by the book. And I, you know, personally, yes, I follow the rules very closely. Always have, but I've also been very interested in rule and law over the years as it pertains to like really reading the actual governmental laws yeah like the why right the why behind that's how I feel as well as like people laugh at me as well I'm a very much a a rule follower so to speak also I like to know the rules and follow them to the letter but at the same time if a rule is ridiculous or if there's no good why behind it I just absolutely refuse to follow it or pertain to it or you know in any way have anything on some levels right like if you can't explain the why behind the rule or if the rule doesn't make sense i i don't want any part of it <laughs> so see, people, right. people see me like i'm a rebel but in actuality i'm totally into following the rules <laughs> yeah and uh, that's probably why we get along so well we're, we're great together in that way <laughs> and we and we met over rule exactly which is a whole other thing hold but up the, sorry yeah the um Part of my job when I worked for the government was, I, for one of my jobs, was investigation supervisor for Maricopa County, which required a very broad and very um, detailed knowledge of the law because I had to use that in the investigation. 
but I also was invited to participate in the every year. I think it's every five years for the state at that time, reviewing all the rules. That'd be fun to get in that for the cannabis industry. Maybe we should look at that. But anyway, yeah, every five I, years I, I, in, in Washington for uh, the school age care programs, I did the exact same process. And it's fun. It's I, so loved much it. fun. It's I love it. I love it. So nerdy. Okay, so we're nerding oh, out and getting off track. Oh, nerds. That's all right. So I left that kitchen, and maybe we'll save the full story for you know, as a tease for an upcoming um, podcast. But sure. the short version for this story is um, the young lady that I worked with, who was the pastry chef. I looked at her and made a hand gesture that I was out. <laughs> And uh, she nodded and we both left our aprons on the counter and walked out together. Yeah. Um, the good news about that was 45 minutes later, we had pretty much secured our next job. Right. So. Yay, two, yeah. Two edible lines in. And we'll talk about all the pros and cons of that another time. But that's where you come into the cannabis picture was when I was at the second cannabis edible line. Right. And you came in and you did. And there I was. I came in and uh, helped with the marketing stuff. So my background and specialty is kind of in um, corporate leadership uh, and operations. Um, I was a CEO for a large group home agency. Thus, you guys are seeing the story unfolding. I had yeah. group homes in the state of Arizona. She was a licensed uh, an inspector with the state of Arizona who inspected group homes. Uh, so thus we met. She was my regulator. And um, then fast forward all these years to this moment in time when uh, we were friends. You were working in the industry. There was an opening for marketing. I was like, yeah, throw my name in the hat. I'd love it. I got the job, came in, and I was there for only a short period of time in the industry, but I met some key people and I was able to uh, <laughs> see a whole lot about how the business side of this industry runs and learn a lot about the legal side of it, the laws, the legislation, kind of what was happening in um, California as well, our very close neighbor. And mm -hmm. uh, I became connected. Trailblazer. To, yeah, I became connected to some attorneys in the Los Angeles area who um, are leading medical marijuana or cannabis attorneys who are, you know, writing the legislation that's been passed into law over there. Uh, and so, you know, that's just my fascination, one of my strengths in the uh, Gallup Strengths Finder. Which I, I can't think of anything that sounds sexier than the lawyer writing cannabis law. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, these are good friends. So um, I was able to, you know, use my skill of learning and really just like soak it all up. And uh, I jumped back out not long after I had jumped in because I realized very quickly that uh while I loved the plant and while I loved mm. all the promise that was surrounding the plant and the medicine, the, the medical properties of the plant and, and these kind of things. I love the idea of the research that can be done and should be being done uh, at a federal level. Uh, but 
I it's all about environment. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to be connected to some of these people that were running the dispensary businesses. You know, I kind of just and, saw a little too much and I was like, yeah, I really value my quality of life and I really value, you know, yeah, how I live. So I think there's ways for me to be involved with this plant uh, from slightly peripheral place. And that's what I did. I really just, I stepped back out of it and got involved with you, got involved with some other people. And, and I had left point, about, a, had I left about a month before that, maybe? I left in January. No, uh, we left within a week or less of each other, basically. Uh, yeah. Pretty, pretty close because, you know. Well, they yeah, and they knew friends. we were friends. Yeah. Yeah, they knew we were friends. So it, it was kind of a mutual leaving when you left. Uh, it wasn't that location, it, you know, I wasn't there for it. So I'll let you tell that story. But when you left that location, uh, I mutually with them decided that it was a good time for me to also leave just because yeah. it wasn't worth being involved with them without you there as well. And, and like yeah. I said, I just saw that that wasn't the type of people I really wanted to really get in bed with, so to speak. And, you know, being in business at that level really is like a, a marriage or something. Uh, for sure real closely about the types of you know people that you'll be uh, i had some very physical consequences from that decision and it right. started to affect my health yeah. and and my and my i don't know that it, i had i never really was a money motivated person but i was very much a achievement of what i want kind of person uh-huh. and opening the kitchen and starting these edible lines were both you know big goals of mine and i had right. overlooked some big red flags that were exploding in my face so that I could get what I felt that I wanted at the time. And I have no regrets for sure. However, um, (laughs) hopefully our little podcast will save some other people, some of those uh, potentially physical and or emotional and or other, uh, you know, tougher life lessons that you don't, you know, you don't need to go through it because we already did. Yeah. Stop and breathe. Avoid yeah. those, get right back, you know, get back on the path to the next best step versus uh, having to experience all the same <laughs> yeah. things that we did. So I left, I left and went, moved to beautiful Sedona, Arizona and opened a restaurant with my husband. And that took all my attention for about a year, but I kept in touch, of course, with all the, the industry and then decided that we needed to find some way to demystify all this because as I talked to my new friends up here in um, the beautiful Verde Valley I realized that just because I thought everything was common knowledge because I was just had been so deeply immersed in the industry which I think happens to everybody you start using the terms and people just don't have an idea and they were just baffled didn't know where to start, didn't even know like how to get a card or what if they needed a card. So I wanted to start a website and I got the website up, but I really didn't know what to do with it from that point. And that's where you and I started collaborating business-wise just to get the word out. Right. Because we, I love the plant. Right. You love plant. And I'm like, yeah, I love seeing all the, you know, all the ways it's helping people because we're, I'm, I was seeing that anecdotally all the time, you know, story after story after story. People were and telling our personal health stories. 
stories as well. Yeah, not to mention our own personal stories, right? But a lot of times we discount what it does for us on an individual level because we've allowed the shame that society put on it, you know, to kind of overshadow uh, what it's actually doing for us. That was my experience prior to really kind of working with you more closely and and getting no shame in my game. Yeah, no and no also shame. working in the industry and seeing all the different people that were coming into a dispensary and, and buying it. And it was like, oh, wow, like it is all types of people. And I knew it was from, again, from personal experience because I knew that, you know, teachers would smoke with me and these people and those people, yeah. and, you know, all yeah. different types, right? But it was always such a secret. And it was like, oh, maybe it's only just the two of us out of the 500 you know, people in this location or whatever, but, you know, working in from in a dispensary definitely opened my eyes to that, to see like, okay, it really is everybody and that's okay. That's awesome. And, um, uh, the shame, there shouldn't be any shame. We should just, you know, really appreciate, you know, that's my platform is love. And one of the parts of love is love celebrates truth. Right. So I'm all about like, let's just get to the truth. What's the truth. What's the truth. What's the truth. What's the bottom line. Right. Uh, the bottom line is a lot of people are using it. A lot of people are using it for wellness in really um, inefficient ways though, right? They don't know how to use it for what they really want to use it for in their lives. So they or, use it the way they've been taught to use it, you know, or, maybe yeah. properly, maybe not. Or they are, are wasting money trying to figure out how it all works. Right. And, and watching people, I, you know, I, I see people buying what I know is terrible cannabis. <laughs> From people yeah. who would give no shit For about sure. how they 100%. grow, or yeah. and so you know they're wasting their money in that way, or they're wasting um, money in some other strange form, yeah. like crappy edibles, or yeah. There's so, so many. That. There's so many things I see not using it properly, not using it at all when they could be. And I've seen story after story of people getting off of heavy pharmaceuticals with crazy side effects, you know what I'm saying? And moving over to cannabis-based, you know, wellness plans and it working. And then I I see other people who are still using these pharmaceuticals, not getting results. And I'm like, oh God, you can be doing so much better, you know? And the fear, um, just the fear, yeah, getting them over the, the fear, fear, the shame, the uncertainty, all that stuff. So I just really was moved by all that. And, uh, the, you know, you know, in business land in business coaching land or whatever, one of those famous yeah. questions is always like, you know, what would you do for free if you could do anything, you know, and they always think like that question is going to open up the door to what your business should be, which sometimes that works. But for me, the answer to that question is I talk to people about how they could use cannabis for wellness in their own life and, um, you know, and use it to feel great with or without side effects <laughs> that they may or may not want. And so, it's not like it's us selling the cannabis. So it's not like we're yeah, telling exactly. people this yeah, I have because no, yeah, I have no I'm interest in it except that I just love people. I love people yeah. to have wellness. I love people to feel great and not have shame and not have fear and, just embrace life fully. That's really what I care about. And so that's why I do this uh, for sure. And where I got to now and, you know, we're not even doing it for money at this stage. It's like, look, we're just going to give out uh, this love, this knowledge, uh, this information that we have, hope it helps some people. And as that transforms into, uh, you know, maybe business ideas and such, then no problem. But uh, until then it's all love.
And I think for me, over the course of my time between the co-op and the edible lines and then my online um, consulting, I've probably consulted over 500 patients. So oh, yeah. I've got a good broad range of issues and concerns and fears and shame. So I look forward to the next next podcast where we can go a little deeper well, on some of these subjects. Yeah, I mean, honestly, even uh, today, I think we're going to get to talk about a few more subjects, but we are going to take a quick little commercial break is all we're just gonna, we're just gonna take a break, go to okay. quick commercial, talk about some of our favorite uh, sponsors and such uh, that are just helping us keep it running. And then we'll get right back to you. So we'll talk in a minute. Sounds good. Okay. All right. All right, so back to the show. Thank you for, to our sponsors. We appreciate you all. One of our really fun sponsors that supports our show is Canna Cactus, a uh, magazine here local to Arizona. Uh, the website is www.cannacactus.com. And they have been so supportive and actually have given us an entire article for uh, Mama's Baked and Pot of Wellness called Dear Mama. So on a monthly basis, um, readers can send in questions and uh, Miss Laura Mastro Pietro here um, writes up a good answer. So for our podcast, uh, we actually we actually don't have anybody sending in questions yet, obviously, but we get questions <laughs> all the time as we mentioned. And so this week, uh, Laura has agreed so graciously to answer a question that one of my friends hit me up with since she does have experience in kind of like in growing and cooking and the dispensary side of things as well as being a patient herself. So Laura, will you tell everybody a little more about uh, Mama's Bake as well or uh, Mama's Bake and uh, the Dear Mama article? Sure. Um, oh, before we start, can I ask you a quick question? Yes. What are you partaking in during our um, discussion <laughs> today? Oh my goodness! I think we should share each week what strain we're enjoying. Right. Well, I have two things going on. So okay. on a regular basis, I uh, take a tincture in the mornings uh, to give me a little bit of energy, which works yeah. kind of like And I like to use a, a strain called Durban Poison tincture with. So I have a little bit of tincture uh, as well as I am smoking uh, today a little bit of Black Diesel. Ooh. The SWC. Delish. Yeah, it is delish. It is delish. I am enjoying a little shout out to the luxury brands of our industry. I'm enjoying an Oracle Dutchie, awesome. which is a half gram strain specific pre-roll, which is another word for a small joint that's in a cone shape. And um, it is advertised as a 50, 50, rare 50-50 hybrid. But the Dutchies, for me, I have a very high tolerance, but they really always hit the spot. They're usually about a half of one and 
I'm good to go. So I'm enjoying a duchy while we chat. So are you um you wanted your question to me now that we've got the strains out of the way of our day. Um Dear Mama is a write-in article in a cannabis magazine that came from an idea of mine as sort of the way to kind of be a Dear Abby sort of resource for the cannabis community. Because I do get, I mean, I my Facebook messenger always has a question from a newbie or a, a friend who's either newly diagnosed or doing just all kinds of questions. So I thought, well, why not start letting people I don't know have a place to just ask random questions. Love it. So I just started in March. My first article was printed in March. I was not aware I was supposed to do the pictures. I was so um, focused on learning how to write, which is one of the reasons I started doing this because I'd like to write more. Um, but this next one in April, the 420 issue will be my first magazine photography. Woo, woo, woo. And then, um, I'm getting a little, it's, I'm trying to build a muscle in that area of my life or a little discipline of thought and creativity combined. That's so it. that's kind of what, and mama's baked. The name comes from, um, I, when I ran away from home to the beautiful Red Rocks of Sedona and made it a new home, I um, still bake. I just don't put pot in all my food now. I can right. for myself, but as a living, um, I am, I'm a baker by um, design now. So I bake all the desserts for our restaurant. And then I have a couple of side contracts and I'm just getting into specialty cookies. So Mama's Baked is the name of my bakery. Love it. Love it. We thought it was funny. And it says established the year. I think we put the year I first tried pot. So we put like Mama's Baked established 1980-something. <laughs> it's a little inside joke that now our, our listeners can be part of. Yes. So you you want to share your friend's question? And sure. We'll see what we got? Let me give you just a tiny bit of uh, the backstory and then we'll get to the question. So cool. Uh, backstory is she um, had, had is a grown person, had never, ever, ever, ever used, tried, experienced uh, cannabis. Uh, not even just as a teenager or whatever, just wasn't in her, in her life, you know, she, right. uh, it just wasn't around. So uh, fast forward many decades of her life and she actually uh, was suffering from fibromyalgia as well as a few other conditions that the outcome of is extreme pain kind of similar yeah. to some stuff you deal with right yeah so she was over the last two years or so uh, that's when all these things kind of kicked into high gear in her life so to speak and she's going to the doctor trying this pharmaceutical, that pharmaceutical, honestly, things just got worse and worse over the last uh, two years for her uh, to the point where she was in so much pain and so, you know, so much uh, be having to deal with side effects of the pharmaceuticals yeah. for the conditions that she was essentially homebound. She couldn't work. She could not even cook. And like yourself, she actually always, since, since I known her as a child, she loved baking, cooking, those kind of things. And so 
she was that mom that would always like show up to school on her kid's birthday with like perfectly decorated little like cookie monster cupcakes or you know something like that like just way over the top so cute you know and just always doing the most for everybody else um in the best ways right but she couldn't do any of it she couldn't even cook a meal for her family that's how bad uh, all her pain had gotten to so her and I saw each other we spoke I told her a little bit about what I'm doing right and uh, she took it in I heard it and, you know, whatever. But about a year after that, just uh, not too long ago, she reached out to me again and she was like, you know, when we talked about that, I was really quite, you know, unsure about all that and really unmoved by everything that I had been telling her about my journey with cannabis. Uh, She was like, really, really unmoved and everything. I didn't really think much about it. But since that time, I decided to explore cannabis for these conditions that I was dealing with a little bit more and she went found out you know found a good dispensary a medical dispensary with some really good people to give her great advice and things like that but but there's a few things going on for her now so what she actually happened what actually happened for her is that within a few months three months actually of beginning the switch over to cannabis to treat herself or her conditions she had gotten to the place of, um, you know, decreasing her pharmaceuticals and having decreased pain enough to cook a meal for her family. And it was literally like a life-changing day for her. You know, after two years oh, yeah. of hardly being able to get out of bed, she was able to get up, cook a meal, go out shopping for it, do the whole thing. It was amazing. Uh, and it was, it was just a really exciting moment for her and for me as well. So she reached out, told me about it. But now... She, A, has a really hard time with going into the dispensaries because it still feels so uncomfortable to her. She's still struggling a lot with the the mindset she has that, you know, it's like, oh, it's a place with a bunch of druggies. Like, this the is drug lady, den. You know, she wouldn't even probably want to go into the liquor store most of the time, honestly. She probably sure. doesn't walk into a... You know, your average um, gambling, what the heck? Casino, you know, she probably doesn't yeah. go to casinos and these, these kind of things, right? This is kind of what kind of person she is. It's all right, no problem. Uh, but she doesn't feel very comfortable walking in there. And so she's dealing with trying to overcome that, but also trying to figure out what are the best ways to access uh, her medicine in a good way with the laws changing so much. And she wants to know about growing it herself at home as well and whether or not that's a good idea so yeah long story short she's yeah. new to this she wants good reliable safe access to the medicine and she wants to know what do you recommend okay yeah there's a lot there um so i'll much, unpack, it, right? unpack it a little bit but <clears throat> the first thing to say is that that's um really a very um, common normal response. Um, everything in that question is um, <laughs> right, and I think so. As I was saying, slight technical difficulty there. Yeah, hiccup. Yeah, the I think her question is so. Um, oh, you and I both. I was gonna say you and I both do a lot of. Um, I, I wouldn't say coaching work, 
as much as we we follow coaches we do our own we we do coach people in different aspects but we observe other coaches a lot and watch them and I had one the other day that said we all think we're so special the questions um about dispensaries in general are usually how to find the right one and and I don't know how many options she has unfortunately a lot of us don't until the state that we live in um gets up and running I know Phoenix from the four years it's been since I've lived in Phoenix, there's, I don't know, eight times as many dispensaries as, as when I lived there because the rural locations were able to move in town. So my very first thing to her would be if there's an option to research other dispensaries, um, they do vary greatly. So one may be gearing their market and their layout and, their products to a young male demographic, but there could be another one in the same town that is um, more adult oriented wellness based. And you, in some States, I know in California, um, they now have recreational and a medical program. And there are dispensaries that are either a recreational dispensary or a medical pro uh, a medical dispensary. And so that might also be true in someone's location and, you know, maybe a medical dispensary and getting a prescription and going about it that way, even though they can access it via recreationally, um, might be worthwhile for that and additional absolutely. assurance that they're, you know, working with a program that's, that's dedicated to the wellness side of things. And I would personally, yeah, I would definitely personally stand the medical side if I qualified for that reason also, the taxes are lower. <laughs> but, right. Also, um, in addition. In addition to. Um, yeah. And uh, just like you would look um, into a restaurant before you went to it, um, the same. There's apps. There's plenty of apps. I, I prefer Leafly as um, my go-to kind of like the Yelp of dispensaries. Okay. I don't... I don't um, use it to make my decision, my final decision, but I do try to get a sense of the building. And a lot of times okay. there's pictures. You really quickly, you said Leafly. So just Correct. for anybody who's listening, that's L-E-A-F-L-Y.com. Or uh, there's and an, they have app. an app. Right? They have an app. So you can find that on your phone or, or on the website. I just wanted to make sure I knew what you said. Yeah, good. That's really helpful for everybody, too. These words all blur together. Exactly. The the, um, nice thing also about Leafly is there's a lot of education um, options in there, too. You can scroll through topics and learn more about the um, subject. I like that one myself over some of the other ones out there because I feel it's less weed-centric. It's less pot leaves and, you know dark t-shirts and it's just a little bit more of a general population style Um, that's not to say that one doesn't have a benefit over the other but I just prefer that one um, myself so actually that's the one I prefer too it's my yeah it's it um it does it 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 does help to at least look you know look at their logo look at look at their um offerings if it seems like everything's a 
uh, intoxication goal, then maybe that's not the place for you. Maybe you need something that where they're, what they're talking about is more of a wellness goal. And then you can always, you know, drive by before you go in, see how, you know, do I'm nervous when I go to a new dispensary, it doesn't matter if it's the nicest brand new dispensary in the world. And I've probably been in 50 dispensaries at least. And that's not counting being a cannabis judge in Amsterdam and how many I went to there. I still get nervous every time I go to a new one. So Me count too. that, yeah. count that as an automatic. You're going to be nervous, but drive by and, and you know, you don't expect to see, you know, a, a, a corporate look, but you can tell if it's got a big guy dancing outside with a pot leaf or if it's got bamboo storefront that's trying to look like a wellness center as well so those are just options for picking right so what if they're somewhere so that's that's if they live in a state where there is definitely a medical program if not medical and recreational and they definitely have a dispensary somewhere in town what if they live very rural or they're you know they're you know the state perhaps only has a few dispensaries like i know for example uh, i'm gonna miss state which state it is but you know wisconsin michigan michigan something like that one of these states up there they have a legal program now but there's you know like two or three dispensaries in the whole state because you yeah, know we're getting the there. government trying to red tape it so if that's the case i mean is your only recommendation you just got to drive that far and do it what if they have grow rights in that state do you recommend people try to grow you know one yeah, we're plant not- of their favorite or anything yeah, I was kind of working my way to the to the grow part of the, the question, yeah. but easing up to it. So <laughs> I started with the dispensary side as an if you have an option. So uh-huh. we're going to go from from now you don't have an option. I live in a place where the, there's one dispensary in my town. There's one dispensary a half an hour away. And there's two dispensaries about 45 minutes away. Uh-huh. I shop only at the one that's 45 minutes away <laughs> i won't shop the one in my town i've tried i've even tried to give them second and third chances and i've just done um i don't shop very often at the one because i don't personally feel super comfortable at that one it it's nothing wrong with it it's just not my style the two that i go to i go to are in flagstaff mm-hmm. because i've had um, repeated success with a plant one of the ones that was my favorite of all time is not producing the greatest plant so I go to the other one and mm-hmm. I just keep an eye on it but that's me so basically when, what you're saying it's worth the drive when you find what you're looking for it's worth whatever drive you need to make to get the I mean skip, in this scenario you lose, scenario, the, yeah. get, you lose you know, the, the convenience you, you right. lose the convenience of popping in and grabbing something right but good cannabis that's doing what it needs to do it saves you money in the long run because a little pinch of a quality cannabis is going to go sometimes as far as a whole joint of crappy cannabis Safety meeting. <laughs> mountain life, mountain life. Yeah, a uh, little technical difficulty there, but you were just in the middle. Uh, we just lost you for one second there, but 
Uh, you were just saying. Flagstaff is worth for me to drive for mm-hmm. the quality cannabis. But then we'll get on to her other topics about, you know, comfort. That was the other key point in talking about looking for a dispensary is also trust. You will always be nervous going to a new dispensary. Right. And um, we can talk more about shopping and take some of the stress out of it in a, in a later episode. Cause it's kind of, there's, there's some, some things that you can do that will make your visits. Um, you don't need to spend a lot of time. If you have your information, you can get in and out quicker. And, and there's some other things you can do. So we can talk about decreasing the stress, but yeah, just like going, you know, you go to a new place alone. It's not like you're walking in there with your support group. You know, you're, you're usually alone cause you're the person that has a card and you're, you're going and meeting strangers in a new place and you, you don't want to look dumb. I think that's the biggest thing with people is you don't want to look dumb. Right. <laughs> um, and then let's talk about growing. So yeah. I've grown. I'm not a master grower by any way since I couldn't ask, answer probably a grow question per se. My husband right. might be able to, but um, we have homegrown. We have um, facility grown. And the first and foremost thing I want to say about growing it, it is not for amateurs. Right. Um, it could be a fun hobby, but if you want to um, grow medicine, it's something that is a financial con- commitment. Um, first for even getting the clones or the, the, the plant to grow, but electricity to keep it cool and to keep the amount of light that they require on them to grow a level of flower bud that is medicinal Uh is a lot of work and a lot of money okay and i didn't even have to do it so the second thing is the rules in your area all most places, unfortunately, still have very restrictive laws on growing your own. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the, the concept is awesome. I would love right. to have a row. It's, you know, your poinsettias everyone has in their house at Christmas uh, right. will kill your dog and your children, but you can't have a pot plant in your house. That would probably make everybody well. <laughs> right. Makes no sense. Right. However, first, before you even about growing is you need to check the laws in your area not just in your state but in your area check what the state laws say about your area because the as we all know this isn't a federal topic it's a local issue right and even though it may be local you know like maricopa county could grow but maybe there was rules like oh your your house is 500 feet from a school right there's there's a lot of loopholes in there that you don't know about yeah, I'm and not if saying there's any logic. Home, uh, if you have kids living at your home with you, if you have your children there, if you're breaking a law, a whole yeah, if you're breaking laws by by growing in your home, even if you think you could do it, that can add a whole nother element of really really incredible risk, right? And these home grows, um, what people don't understand, <laughs> and uh, and I've seen it over and over and over again. You know, it's back east. If the you know if it's a state with snow, the police always know what house has to grow because there's no snow on their roof because the heat of the lamps and the temperatures for the grow right. always keeps the roofs. They also are able to monitor 
electrical energy usage, which, you know, I sound like an old Cheech and Chong movie, but right, you don't, you can't um, underestimate the amount of electricity it requires. We had fans running and we grew legally in our house. Right. Um, before dispensaries opened, everyone was allowed to have, I think it was six plants each. And um, even having, I had six plants and my husband also has a car, had a card. Um, he had six plants. That was still, I was still getting medicine elsewhere because with the growing cycles, you don't always have enough medicine or it's in a stage where it's not producing flowers. So you could go a month and a half where you're, till your plant's ready to harvest. So all of that on top of the fact that it requires special nutrients, specific light and darkness um, that has to kind of be on a timer at some point. Yeah, it's, it is it not like... tomatoes. It is not tomatoes. <laughs> right? It sounds to me like in a nutshell, if you are finding life-changing relief from this particular plant, it might be worth literally up and moving your whole family to make sure you're in a place where you can access the medicine legally, safely, in a way that works, you know, for everyone so that you can, you I've know, have as close to a risk-free, healthy life as possible. It's choice. You know, yeah, it's, like, choice. I, it's yeah. always, it's always down to choice and it always comes down to weighing your options against your benefits you know, cannabis isn't any any different than any other decision you make in your lifetime. Right. Um, chemo, no chemo. Right. You know, it's it's it it can be. And being in the industry in the time frame that I was, just that I don't know, five, six years actually fully immersed the amount of stories of people uh pilgrimaging basically to california right. to save their children's lives or to Cal colorado yeah. just to save their children's lives you can google it you know any of our listeners want to go on and you can google cannabis save my child in youtube you know the the stories will definitely break your heart but the recovery of some of these kids that are and we we're both from the developmental disabilities world, so we know the kind. And I've you know thirty years in the industry, I've seen the damage that psychotropic medication causes, and even worse, the seizure medications that they put these kids on. Right. So early on that they're basically vegetative and not from their condition, but from the medication that treats their condition, and they go from right. this vegetative state, which still isn't seizure free to a non-vegetative right. state where they're eating and playing and are actually seizure free. So, right. I and engaging I, in life. I could it's never amazing. recommend that anyone leave their home and pilgrimage. However, I can say without a doubt, I have firsthand seen the miracles that cannabis can do for more conditions than we have time to name right so choice it comes back to choice you have to decide what works best for you i hate that people have to leave their support systems to do that 
you know, you can't move your grandma and your aunt and your stepbrother and, you know, the people that fill in for uh, you so you can get a break. Right. And so, yeah, yeah. growing it's, is it's great. I mean, I, I miss having the plants. I don't miss the dirt. My husband would grind into the places real where he would hide the plants because you usually have to do it in like a closet so you can control the right. lighting and he'd leave dirt. In yes. And the fans, he had fans going constantly. Right. He had lights going off and on on timers and it's a lot. I mean, literally I would say he spent another 20 hours a week just taking care of his plants between our co-op and home. Mm-hmm. It was at least 20 hours a week. Yeah. So yeah, that's a lot of time and dedication and he really was into it. I mean, he was really like, oh. You know, that was really his, a big primary hobby of his. It's a passion project. Uh, and he doesn't, we should <laughs> tell everybody that my husband does not partake in cannabis. <laughs> right. That's the funniest thing, right? He doesn't even uh, get to enjoy all the benefits, all those good side effects that you and I do. He does like a little tincture in his tea for pain. A little nice sleep every once in a while. Yeah, but, but no, he's not, you know, it's always the funny because I'm the big cannabis advocate that he gets accused of being a, a right. druggie and I'm like, yeah, do you think he'd be that, you know, he, he'd probably yeah. be happier. <laughs> but he's an amazing grower. Uh, oh, he's, he, amazing. Uh, just green thumb. He's just a green thumb in general, like his whole garden, his it. whole... Yeah, it's his passion. Yeah, he's just so great at it, right? So, and that's got to be uh, it. And that being said, you know, he was able to do it, but still, he wasn't able to do it in a way that was able to keep you no. uh, with the full quantity that you needed. And I was with 12 plants, you know, really uh, on an ongoing basis, you still had to fill in the blank. So grown by an expert, you know, somebody, yeah, yeah. yeah, To think like, Oh, I'm just going to grow a plant. You know, I can just grow a plant. Like you're really going to potentially lose a lot of time and money and you're exposing yourself to a lot of risk. So make sure you know what you're doing. And let's (laughs) give a big shout out to the expert master growers out there. Oh, women are breaking man. especially in. those ladies yeah. with Hana meds growing those duchies right those, the those dirty girl, flowers the dirty girl yeah the dirty girl um, and you know and the dudes too you know gotta give them credit For they're sure. the guys it's a farming job it is not a glamour right. position it's a not even just farming it's literally like a, a horticultural job you know i mean you really need to understand the science of the master for sure but the rest Absolutely. everybody else are farmers that's it you water yeah. you trim you flip soil you repot that's that's the job it's it's no yeah. glamour getting photos with bags of bags of weed it's not that it's, you <laughs> right, know right 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 <laughs> but the guys yeah. that have integrity the guys that have gone out there that truly do care about the patients and the plants that have taken time to develop quality genetics and then care yeah. those genetics then have to be cared for they have to have a mother plant that mother plant where they get the clones has to be you know painstakingly cared for because she's the queen and the, those people. Oh, we lost you again there just for a second, but uh, you were just talking a little bit about uh, the growers and finding those who really care a lot about the plants. And just shout out to the good ones. Yeah, just, shout know, out. Just we appreciate y'all, and and uh, the the reason one of the reasons cannabis is expensive is because of the lights and the cooling and right. and the care that's required to grow good plants 
Did yeah. we cover all of her kind of areas? I think we really did. Yeah, I think we really did. Because really, in a nutshell, I think the biggest thing was she was real nervous about going in. Uh, and also, it's quite a distance for her to get to uh, a place where she could buy, uh, purchase it legally. Oh, that was the other thing I was going to talk about was that I, I do... Um, when you give up convenience there is a benefit to buying in bulk basically is what i you would call what i do i probably buy enough medicine for the most part to last me a month right if it's snowy season i'll make sure i get it and i'm about i you know i'll throw it out there i'm probably on average an ounce a month consumer of cannabis um so i can buy an ounce cheaper than i can buy a quarter at a time here and there Right. Now, living in a big city like you do, you're able to shop specials. You may not go to certain shops because they suck, but the amongst the ones that you do like, they do offer certain days where it's cheaper or they'll have a buy one, get one. And right. I may not be able to participate in that, but the higher in quantity that you purchase cannabis, the price per gram does drop a little bit. Right. So yeah, once I found I my shop and found my good strains, I know exactly what I'm going for. I can get in and out. You know, I'm I'm at the counter maybe five minutes by the time they run my card and take my money. Right. Because I know what I'm getting. Right. And I know that you also, you know, make tinctures and do edibles, make butters and such like that. So would you say that that also falls within that ounce a month? Or do you have to buy that um, in addition to your regular usage uh, in terms of just for someone who wants to a- estimate if they would like to get some for both, uh, you know, smoking and also they want to cook, you think they should double up when they go buy some or I wouldn't go by my out. numbers. I'm sure, of um, course. Of course. probably a bit of a heavyweight as far as, <laughs> as con- <I. laughs> consumption goes. So, right. no, I think you just need to, to learn your own. You have to, you know, learn it on your own. I would... I would guess that, especially for someone new, that would be way too much cannabis. You know, they would, I would get what they in their, based on their usage of their cooking or whatever they're doing or, or buying pre-made edibles to plan to have enough until their next trip. Yeah. If, if I, like I said earlier in the winter time, I can't always get to the dispensary if there's a snowstorm, which isn't something in Phoenix I ever had to think about. Right. We don't really have to worry about that here, but you know, we're the anomaly of our nation, not the, uh, not the norm. So So that's what I do is I just plan ahead. And if I know, Hey, it's December and usually around Christmas time, it's snowing or the roads aren't great. Maybe I'll plan my trip and go a week later and stretch out what I have or, you know what I mean? Like, I even specifically, I know on uh, potofwellness.com, you actually did create some, some videos to help teach people how to cook and stuff. And I believe that in there, sure. you, know, you always recommend them using a minimum of like maybe a quarter. I think it was about a quarter of an ounce for a cooking project. If you're going to do it just because any less than that amount for one particular, uh, you know, making of a butter or a tincture uh, might not be really worth the, the trouble of the process. So plus it's easier to burn it. To huh. Right. Just to give it's people really a place to ruin it. Start with thinking about, you know, yeah. quantities and, you know, they how that to- works. 
they can go to potofwellness.com and then oh. it's on the shopping page and we have a tincture class that's it's even though it's on the shop page there's not a charge for it okay, it's great. a free class so if people are already using cannabis and are able to purchase which I also recommend you don't have to purchase the top shelf stuff when you're cooking I don't mm-hmm. um there's instructions the how how to do all the steps how to, what to use how much to use how to do it awesome that's a, another option sounds like a good uh question to uh and a good answer to her question it sounds i think that that was pretty thorough and hopefully she will find all that information helpful so let's and then hopefully people have send us some more questions yeah, so break for our last little quick commercial break and then uh, come back and wrap up or or do you have anything? Either whatever you need to do, I'm good. Let's Either let's way. That real quick then. Let's just stop here for a moment. We'll throw in a quick sponsor commercial. Call it a dance break. Yeah, dance break. There we go. Dance break. So we'll go to some music for you guys. All right. right See, See you on the other side time i i almost answered like full-on coughing i thought that would be inappropriate <laughs> so ah, finishing up my duchy ready to go tackle my day after we finish up um this was fun i hope everybody enjoyed that was fun this was mostly a get to know us in yes. introductory podcast. Did we remember to tell everyone our actual names at the beginning, or did we just kind of assume they know us already? Well, don't they? <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, my stalker last week rented a helicopter and flew over my house. I have photos. That's so impressive. But it's we can, yeah. So That's I'm at heart. In case anybody didn't know, I'm Bridget Hart, and my website is BridgetHart.com. That's B-R-I-D-G-E-T-T-H-A-R-T.com. Nice. It took me years to spell your first name right. I think like this last two years, I just started spelling your first name correctly. Because I emailed you 12 billion times, so you saw it. Oh, that doesn't register with my brain, but I, okay. Okay. Uh, I just finally went, oh, no wonder I can never find I'm always spelling it wrong. I think PayPal probably taught me how to do it. It's the no E. Yeah. I am Laura Mastro Pietro. All right. Um, I also have a Laura Mastro Pietro.com. But you can look in our information for the spelling because if I say it, you're going to ask me to do it five times like everybody my entire life has. Right, we'll so. drop a link. Drop a link. <laughs> How do you spell that? How do you say that? And that's my maiden name. That is the name that I have had all my life. Um, so if you're wondering if I'm that tall, skinny kid that you knew in grade school, yeah, that was me. Or the <laughs> bucktooth kid, probably from sixth grade to ninth. The buck teeth went away probably around ninth grade. Ah. Mm-mm. Hello, Syracuse. So yeah, that's 
That's us. We told them our names. We're the baked mamas, maybe. Mamas baked, baked mamas. Oh, just you. You're the you're the you're the baked, baked mama. mama. I'm, totally. I'm, I... just, I'm just me. I'm just doing me over Bridget's here. Bridget's raising her first beautiful child, and I am at the empty nest. I have two uh, biological children, as they say, and five stepchildren. My husband has five children. Um. So, yeah. And then, actually, it's funny. When I moved to Sedona, the mama thing started. Everybody just started calling me mama. So, we went I with mean, it. I mean, you know, you have an Italian restaurant. I'm an old is. Italian lady who likes to cook. It works. Yeah. Works for yeah. me. I am very mature. I'm grumpy. Like I will it. chase you with a spoon. And I'm the opposite. I'm totally not maternal. Like, I'm really not, honestly. <laughs> I'm a great mom. Don't get me wrong, but right, ain't right, nobody right. gonna be calling me mama anytime soon. Besides my three year old, <laughs> we I'm won't tell saying. them what they've been calling you lately. We'll, exactly. We'll for I don't show. even look. It's not even any of my business. Do... I don't even care what they call. There me. There we go. We can do a show. <laughs> oh man, uh, did we ever? So we will see all our listeners when Bridget. How soon are we going to be back? You know, Every... I I think as soon as possible. Great. I think, I think as well. We'll get this up and see if we can do some, you know, weekly, bi-weekly stuff. We have this new tool, Anchor. It makes podcasting much easier. We're uh, happy that they're going to try and, you know, uh, feature us on their channel now, uh, as well as Google Play and iTunes will be out there as well. Uh, so exciting to have. Follow us, like us, give us five-star reviews. Find us online, check out Anchor, uh, and um, I can't wait to do this again. If they don't kick us off the internet, we'll try and see everybody next week. Ooh, do we have anything fun we can talk about? You know what I was thinking would be fun is sex and cannabis. Can we talk about that next time? Like, I made this tincture. People say, yeah, you could use that for, like, lube or other things, and you know, people are always asking me, like, oh, do you and your husband have better sex? Because, you know, you use cannabis. I think it's a fun topic. You want to? <laughs> you don't have topics. I'm pretty much at the top of the list. You throw food in the mix and pretty much got my, my top three covered. I mean, come food, on now. Let's do there. it. Okay, well, that's what we're about. And um, we'll see y'all next whenever next podcast pick a sexy strain and we'll see you here next week all right all right bye bye join us every thursday as we break down what's happening now and how you can infuse cannabis into your life too make sure you subscribe on itunes share with your friends and get our free tincture making course at potofwellness.com